What's up, what's up? Another week, another podcast. This is your favorite football podcast, The Football Academy. I'm Mr. Spoon tonight with Brayden and Will. How's it going, boys? I am good. Um, today was a great day. Spursy was trending on Twitter without Tottenham even playing, which answered my question of can Spurs get battered without going anywhere? And yes, they can. It was a lovely day. Spurs getting battered in the metaverse. What, what a time to be alive. Um, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and say it. My motherfucking college is going to the dance, baby. So shout out to the Rice State Raiders. Uh, that's really all I got right now. I stayed up late and not even that late watching college, watching really shitty college basketball. So I'm far more excited to talk about football today. Um, but I'm gonna throw some some love to my alma mater, uh, me and Nicole Sheringer, proud people who didn't graduate from college. <laughs> I mean. So I, I, as far as today's game goes, um, I will have to say it's as much as I want to make fun of Tottenham and um, Pochettino's relations to Tottenham, given what the impending future might hold for me, I'm going to come out and say this is PSG. Like they have taken what Spurs does at the, in the English game to like a whole European level where it's like literally every year. Sexy Spurs. Like, the only time they've made Check it through was... <laughs> <laughs> like, the only time they've made it through was when they had to play only one leg. Like, every other time. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, um, all right. I'm not going to stand up anymore for you, Mr. Pochettino. Anyway, having said that, I don't really have a whole lot to talk about. Um... So, Brayden, do you want to get into the results of last weekend? Especially because I was not involved, so I can't be double sad about the results from last week. Yeah, uh, not not a great week for us. Um, we So, if you're new here uh, to the podcast, what we do each week, 100 virtual dollars, pod bucks, we like to call them around here, on the three-way money lines for each of the games. So, 10 matches this week, $1,000 outlay. Um, I... Came in second this week again with Sapoon uh, having some technical difficulties and couldn't join us. Uh, returning six eighty-two pod dollars and fifteen pod cents, and Will was first this week, just short of profitable at nine ninety-two pod dollars and ninety-two pod cents. Um, I definitely feel like I got pretty galaxy brain on a couple like uh, Burnley Chelsea thing there specifically. <laughs> Like, if you're like, oh, Chelsea's not playing for it. Look at how good Burnley's playing. Yeah, that that did not work out. Um, but, yeah, that's how it goes sometimes. So, congrats, Will. Um, we'll do better this week. I should have fucking told. I knew Everton were going to lose, David. I knew they were going to lose, and I took the draw like an idiot. I could have been profitable. That's what I get for going against my bits. I've learned my lesson. Comedy is back. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I... Uh, I also thought that uh, Burnley had a shot against Chelsea, but, you know, to be fair, the first half they played decent. Um, having said that, first half they played decent, and then technical difficulties is really what happened to Manchester United in the Manchester derby. Um, st- started out not great, conceded the goal in the sixth minute, and then I honestly thought we played quite well. I The Sancho goal was an absolute blinder, and you know what? For all you fucking City fans out there, Riyad Mahrez's goal was a fucking deflection, so get the fuck out of here telling me that's a better finish. And secondly, he also celebrated, so again, go fuck yourself. And three, I mean, 
Hassan Hootl had come out uh, after his game against Manchester United and straight up said that after the 60-65th minute, United really can't play. And you really saw that with United in this game where it was about the 60th mark. We make two subs. Um, Rashford and Lingard come in, who I don't know what the fuck is going on with the two of you boys, but if y'all love the club, like at least fucking run around, even when you're not passing the ball well. And... Uh, I mean, city being city, right? Like, I I personally did not think the gap was as big as the scoreline suggested. I thought if we had taken a couple of chances and been a little bit more clinical, that you have to be against a team like City, uh, we would have been a bit closer. But at the end of the day, I mean, they are at the top of the table. We are not. So that's what you saw. And as much as it hurts as a Man United fan to admit it, they are the better team. So, like, we got to strive to be better than where they are at. Like, at the end of the day. So, well, you were probably the other person who really cared about this game. And at the end of the day, like, I literally walked up to the Man City fans and I was like, yo, if after this embarrassment, you guys let the fucking Scarlets win, I'm going to be real fucking mad about that. Well, I don't want you to be mad because I enjoy you as a person, but you'll be mad, motherfucker. Um, I, this... Once United scores that second goal, I'm thinking we're about to have an all-timer. I'm thinking we're about to have a, a back and forth, like, this is going to be a duel. And then it uh, there's the term they use in wrestling, or everywhere, is gassed. And United looked gassed. Just after the second goal went in, they like, demoralized almost. And for no apparent reason, because they had been playing, like, up to City's quality at that point. And like you said... After the after the substitutions, team just kind of like lost their legs. Like I don't want. I'm not gonna say they didn't care because that's super disingenuous. I like they just looked tired, and I don't know why. I'm not gonna speak to City because fuck them. Like yeah, like I don't even necessarily what you said, Sapoon. I don't know if this is necessarily the biggest indicator of oh god, City's like world beaters right now because United kind of. Up until the second goal, they played them even, and I thought it was going to be a real contest. I still think there's stuff to be figured out about this city side, no matter how late we are into the season. I don't know what United needs at this point, and I, like, I really can't surmise it better than that. Like The entire time watching the match, I was just kind of like, I don't know what's going to make these guys liven up. And I don't even want to say liven up. It's just a, a sense of, like, oh, well, here it goes again. Just This is what fucking happens. Like, there were times where players just looked like they were like, ah, yeah, like there's still effort there. There's still people out there busting their ass, but like, it just looks a tidbit sleepy. And for where they are on the table and the fact that there's still so much competition, like you can't be sleepy, especially against your rivals, especially when they're fucking trying to choke away the title to us. God damn it. Yeah. I mean, I think city are a team that can make you look sleepy. Even if you're, you're not really like the, what, the way they can move around, the way that they can retain possession and do all that sort of thing and make you kind of chase shadows, like, it can be very, very difficult to keep up with that. And uh, honestly, you can get to a point where you're just, like, tired of fucking pressing and not getting the ball and not getting a payoff for it and, and that sort of thing. And so I kind of get that on, on some level. But I, in another way, I, I kind of feel that United now look like a team that ha have an interim manager and don't necessarily think they're going to hit the goals that they planned for at the start of the season. And I don't want to say like mailing it in, but it's hard to stay focused in that 
context. And I think sometimes you see this when teams that are in that situation play teams that are focused on winning a title or focused on um, staying out of relegation and that sort of thing and really have a, a key thing to, to focus on. I think sometimes you see a disproportionate, not necessarily effort, but just like kind of what, kind of what you felt it sometimes in the second half of just like guys kind of going through the motions at time. And again, some of that is just city being very good and city does that to um, lots of teams, but I don't know. Like, I think the second half performance was a, a little disappointing. The first two goals and really the first three goals for city are, I mean, two were just kind of, like simple the first two were just kind of simple mistakes like i i feel like it was just um you know you had a moment of bad defending and city usually punishes that and then like mars mars's goal great finish but deflected and like that can go anywhere like if it happens half a second later like it could go off mcguire's shin into like out for a throw or something like that and so i i <sighs> I always wonder how much to take from these, especially with City, because so much of what I feel City does is just wear you down over the course of a game. And eventually, like, they score a lot of ugly goals for as great as their quality is. Like, a lot of their goals are just, like, you've been drugged so far out of position that someone just shows up and, like, somehow Sterling is winning a header over like your center back. And you're like, how the fuck did this happen? <laughs> um, I say that from experience. Um, uh, so I don't know, like city were the better team on the day, obviously. But I, I do think to your points of United were in it until kind of, they weren't. And then I, there just wasn't really a kind of when, when city went up to one, you didn't really see the same fight back. I I thought at least to get back to two two that you saw when it went when when they tied it up at one one earlier. So, I don't know, you probably have a different perspective on it from me. Just kind of as a neutral watching, that's kind of what I saw. Yeah, I mean that, that's fair. I think the second goal kind of summed up everything for me. That's like wrong at United. Just because, like, if you go back and just watch the replay, you see Foden play the ball over Lindelof. So, like, first off, I have heard so many motherfucking people tell me Lindelof is better than Maguire. Like, go fuck yourself. Like, that's really all I have to say to you. Secondly, Lindelof doesn't even try to come back. You have, I think it's Bernardo, come w- runs past three of our defenders. Like, yo. And then Kevin De Bruyne, like, w- strolls into the box wide open like, past four United players. And, like, ultimately, that's why I said, like, it really comes down to effort. Like, when you don't, when you know, like, you don't have the better team, it's all about effort. Like, you know you can't match them on quality. Like, no matter who the fuck do you think you are, like, to match Man City at their best right now. Like, for what it's worth, they're still at the top of the table. So, I, I think from a United fan's perspective, ultimately, like, no matter how much... I want to stay positive after this. Um, it it's hard to when you see those kinds of problems. Like mistakes are fine, mistakes can happen, deflections happen, but like when you just see the lack of effort, like go back to kindergarten, like don't go to Florida, but 
go anywhere else for kindergarten and uh, have a good time. All right. Having said that, Braden, do you have a game center that you'd like to talk about? Yeah. So for me, it was Leicester and Leeds in this match. And so, you know, as an American watching, obviously there's rooting interest with uh, Jesse Marsh having his first game at the helm. I, I saw a lot of people commenting about the huddle thing after the game. Like, I, I think that's such a big so such a big tempest in a teacup to use a, a british phrase there like it, it, it's quite silly um imagine jürgen klopp did that i know right like can you imagine how much people would say like <laughs> this is such a next level of man management and look how together they are and that sort of thing because an american did it it's like this weird ted lasso thing um <laughs> i on the game overall, like I think Leeds were better than Leicester, like and and like XG backs that up. Like Leeds at a point at a two point one four XG to Leicester's point three six, and so like I think Leeds can feel hard done by. I think they were the better team. Um, they created a number of chances. They looked a little bit more different defensively solid than they had previously. Like they still have. You know, they didn't reinvent things overnight. Like, there's still some frailties over there. But I, I saw some promise there. I know they'll be disappointed to not get any points from this game because this is a Leeds team that needs to start getting some points. But I I was encouraged with what I saw from um, the first game under Jesse Marsh. I mean, there looks to be a way forward now. Uh, I, I also woke up and watched this match because I was super interested in uh, – Mostly all the Ted Lasso hate that was thrown at poor Jesse March for no reason other than he seems to be optimistic and a white dude from America. Um, if he was a black guy, I don't know if it'd go so well. Uh, but I honestly, like, Leeds looked a better side than Lester for majority of the match, in my opinion. Uh, and for them to be able to go into the King Power, play a team who's trying to be a decent side, I don't know what the fuck Brendan Rodgers is doing at this point. But to see them give them that much competitiveness, there's a definite path forward for Leeds now. And I was, I'm, I don't, y'all know I don't really like Leeds, but I like Jesse Marsh. And I do see a path forward. I think their team, uh, the whole huddle thing, I, I'm an American. Sorry, everyone listening abroad. I thought it was kind of nice. Like, it's a little, hey, I know it didn't go the way we wanted to, but you guys showed some real heart out there. Like, let's fucking do it. Go say hey to your people. Let's get out of here. It's rah rah, and you're right. If Klopp did it, I'd be sitting here like, "That's the he's, God, he's Jesus." But I'm gonna give Jesse Marshall credit. I thought it was good. I thought like that's some shit. You, you're up against it, and you're away from home. Your fans are still giving you some sort of love because they see that you tried and that there is a way forward. Fucking get over here, hey guys, hard done. Let's go tell them, hey, let's get back to work. But take this chance to just appreciate the fact that you're better than you fucking were ten hours ago under this dude who should have been Atlanta United's manager and also made you really, really tired. Like, yeah, Jesse Marsh, I, I hope he does a fucking good job. I don't like Leeds, but I hope he does well specifically because I think that uh, – I think they'll be fine now. I, I don't have as much fear as I did a week ago. And if it's the managerial chase that did that, so be it. Also, America, fuck yeah. Suck a dick, England. Damn. Um... I'm going to just say, I, th- I think Leeds should have won the game. Leicester, however, got much, a much-needed reprieve from um, their recent troubles. And ultimately, 
the reason I find these like conversations kind of um, wild when like media tries to propagate this is because like if that's him being phony, like he'll get found out in the dressing room real quick. You know, like like they're professional fucking players. Like in if that's just who he is, then like hey, Leeds, you guys have a manager who is going to do that. I mean, it ultimately it really comes down to like how the players react to it. Like it does not matter what we think, what anybody thinks, and I think uh. As Braden said, there's a lot to be positive about as far as Jesse March goes. And uh, I do think Leeds definitely upgraded in like in terms of their likeness of my uh, my likeness of their manager. Because I definitely did not like Marcelo Bielsa, but I do really like Jesse March. So going to be very, very interesting to see how things go. Well, do you want to talk about the final game, sir? Or any game of your choice? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, speak on Liverpool instead of Newcastle, like I've done every week for the past, like, month. Um, it is a win you need against the West Ham team who showed up and showed a lot of, a decent amount of grit determination. If they had taken their chances, it might be a different story. If Liverpool had taken all the chances they were given, it might be seven to six, who knows? Um, but just on the balance of things and, you know. I know this isn't the fucking Champions League Academy, but based on the last two performances, yes, the title challenge is, you know, still on and there are still points there to be had, but there's a lot of uneasiness right now, specifically because it wasn't that they were bad performances. It's just that they weren't the performance that you expected from this team. Like Liverpool did was a game of the group stage and they had won every game in Europe by two. They had comfortably handled several other teams who were in their same station in the Premier League. And yes, this West Ham team played a hell of a match and probably deserved a little bit more than they got. But if you want to be title challenges, if you want to conquer the fucking world, you got to put your fucking shooting boots on and put some shit into the back of the net. It does not matter how many times they sing your name. It does not matter how much money you have in your contract. If you can't put the ball into the net, then you're not going to get the silver where you want. I might be being a little bit too harsh because this wine is talking because we, I mean, on the balance of it, we're still in the fucking title race and it's Liverpool. We could turn up next week and fucking win by five and I'm going to shut the fuck up. But just on the balance of this performance, it feels a tidbit tenuous at best right now. Uh, I'm not going to give up hope, but I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm not still on the bandwagon, but like there's some brake pumping happening. Uh, you know, I don't know what we have to sort out uh, aside from finishing our chances, but I don't know. It was, it was a performance. And if I wasn't at the brew for it, I don't know if I would have been as happy about it as I was. I mean, I think this was a, a decent enough performance from Liverpool. Like I, I think that they were okay. Like I, I don't necessarily know that the, result is unfair i think that west ham probably should have scored perhaps liverpool should have scored another one like i think it's one of those in the kind of gray area where the match can go either way and and it just happened to go liverpool's way this match um i think one thing that you kind of touched on will talking about like title challenges and things like that i think people have forgotten how much of the season is left like, there's still a third of the season left, at least, for all these teams. And so, I 
I know people are starting to look at like run-ins and all that sort of thing, but I feel like a lot of the sentiment of like the title challenge is fading is around the fact that City went out and had a great game against United and Liverpool looked not as great against West Ham, but it's like that's one game. There there's 12 left and like City have drop points that out of nowhere like they dropped into mid-table teams like spurs so who knows what will happen um so i i don't know i i feel like you're maybe being a little harsh on liverpool's title chances i uh, there's still a lot of season to play there uh, as far as this game um i'm not really sure how lanzini doesn't score um but you know i it's one of those i i think that's kind of the difference between playing at west ham and playing at one of the quote big six clubs is, is situations like that and um you know it just unfortunately talent i uh, <laughs> once a month <laughs> yeah. um i i think that I, I don't know like west ham are a team that work hard and they can get results they put themselves in position to get results from these but uh, sometimes, especially against the big boys, it, it won't always go their way. And I don't know. They're always good enough to get quite over that hump. I do wonder for West Ham, like at what point it's going to be time to look at the Europa League and see if you can win that. Because I, I think there's a legitimate chance that West Ham can win that competition and get the Champions League that way. And I, I think for them, they're going to be happy to get uh, there any way they can and I think they're going to be pretty strong to make European competition of some kind so um, I think a little unfortunate for West Ham in this match um, but I don't know if it's like like I think the Liverpool Leeds or not the Liverpool Leeds the Leicester Leeds game was the wrong result <laughs> I don't necessarily know that this was a wrong result I mean I, I, I personally do think this was the wrong result obviously and uh not not because of anything else, but because I think this should have at least ended as a draw. Like, um, the only reason, I, and like I kind of looked at the numbers, uh, Liverpool had 22 shots, and that accumulated a 2.19 xG, and that's around about 0. 0.9, 0. 0.09, I think. Uh, sorry, 0. 0.09, not 0. 0.19, uh, as the overall xg per shot and then you look at west ham and it's essentially 13 shots 1.34 xg and that's again 0.1 per shot so i i think it's ultimately come down to moments and losing a player like jared bowen uh for benarama like who has not really lit up the premier league the way everybody myself included like expected him to and personally like the these are games that uh, if you want to be champions, like you got to win and Liverpool did that. So that's what really is frustrating uh, watching this as a Manchester United fan. So um, that that's ultimately it for me as far as this past weekend's games go. Uh, we do have a full slate of games coming up. And on top of that, we have a bunch of midweek games as well. So there will be no, sadly, no player parlays. Uh, but... We shall have a bunch of these games. Reese James, by the way, is out for the midweek games. I don't know if that means he's out for this weekend. Something to keep an eye out on for Chelsea. But let's move into the first game. I'm very surprised at these lines. 
Um, at Brighton at plus 475, taking on Liverpool at plus, minus 190. Draw is at plus 330. Over-unders at two and a half. I'm going to go take Liverpool in this game. I think minus 190 is like giving you a free, you know, some amount of money that you can get by betting on Liverpool. And um, I'll take that all day long. Braden, how you feel? This feels like such an odd line that I'm wondering what I'm missing um, because I, I feel like Liverpool should be closer to like minus 250, minus 300 or so. Brighton are a team that have not played very well recently. I, I have a lot of respect for Graham Potter and the way the team has played, but I I don't think they're clicking on all cylinders right now. Um, and Liverpool's not a great get-right spot. And I, I feel like this is a team that can probably take Brighton apart a little bit. Um, so I'm with you, Spoon. I'm going with Liverpool. I might be interested in the over two and a half. Um, but I, for the purpose of this, definitely taking Liverpool. Uh, to quote one of America's greatest poets at the time, last time we took an L, so this time we bounce back. I'm going to take Liverpool. Uh, fuck Inter Milan. Like, I don't even have anything to add. I think Brighton's going to come in floundering i think liverpool this is a get right spot uh and yeah fuck italy i mean i'm gonna just go ahead and say i don't know how the fuck alexis got sent off in that game um anyway talking about sending off uh there's a team that i would expect to have a lot of records but they don't that's burnley we're taking on brentford um brentford are at plus 115 burnley are plus 260 draws a plus 210 over under is a two well, this feels like a very even game between two teams that have very differing styles, but ultimately seem to have had a very similar result as far as this season goes. I I will openly wonder, will Burnley's beigeness outweigh Brentford's uh, kind of proclivity to attack? Uh, I'm going to take Brentford in this one. I... Burnley have been playing decent football. I'm starting to get this feeling that Burnley's about to turn this around. It's going to make me very upset. Um, but before that happens, I think Brentford needs a get-right spot, and I think this is it. I do think that Burnley can be, like, they are very compact and, like, gross defensively. Uh, but I do think that this Brentford team, with the home support behind them, can find a way to pick through that. Uh, it may not be easy, but I think that there's just a little bit of come on guys, we got to save this now in Brentford. That'll outweigh the, come on guys, we have to do the same thing we do every fucking year to make Will's life miserable in Burnley. Um, I, I think the home support will help Brentford across the line. I kind of also like this line, like you're going to give me Brentford at home against a Burnley team who like, yeah, it's Burnley. They're going to sit back and they're going to watch you, you know, play football by yourself. But I think there's a little bit more spark in Brentford. I think they can take it to them. I think they will. I think they win this match. I got through that entire thing without talking about the stadium, so I'm proud of myself. This one's tough. I, I feel like Burnley are a little bit better form team right now, um, but I think Brentford play a little bit better ball overall, especially when you talk about them being at home. I, I don't know. This one's really tough. I am I'm going to go with a draw. I feel like uh, there's not that much to split these teams. I feel like it's 
I, I feel like Burnley are just going to be happy to go get a point. They're going to do what Burnley kind of do in this situation and just try to grind a result away from home, and they're going to get their points uh, back when they go to turf more. Uh, so I kind of feel like it's going to be that sort of match where Burnley just kind of grind it out and end up with a draw and figure they'll catch Everton later when they assuredly lose. Uh, I, I'm I'm going to go with Brentford in this game. Um, I think as far as being at home goes, they make it tough. Uh, Burnley have played really, really well, but I think one of the things that uh, Brentford seem to do very well is like play that first line-breaking pass, and that ultimately was what uh, Chelsea did and did well in order to uh, break Burnley down in the previous game. So I am going to go with Brentford. I would be interested in betting. If you can get it at two and a half, I would be very interested in betting the under in this game. Um, so if you are listening out there, please bet the over. Um, having said that, let's move on to the next game. This should be... This, this is a wild game to be on a Saturday, to be honest, but I guess both these teams are not playing in the midweek, so it does make sense. Um, Manchester United at home after that embarrassing defeat are taking on Tottenham who have a history of embarrassing defeats. Uh, Man United are plus 115, Spurs are plus 235. Draw is at 240, over-unders at two and a half. The, uh, this line's all like is very surprising to me. I wrote them, so I should have known this, but I am just realizing what I wrote down. And um, Braden, are Tottenham going to get battered? I mean, your lips to God's ears. Um, I this it's a tough game to pick. Like, I I feel like both of these teams right now are somewhat inconsistent. Like, I I feel United played well. Um, it, it really, we're playing some of the best ball of the season, in my opinion. Um, coming into the last match, and then it just kind of got the rails a little bit against City. And I, will there be a response to that? And do they bounce back? Like, I think you could definitely see that. I think that um, Spurs midfield is not great. The defense is even not greater. And I, I do think that United's attack can get after get after them a little bit. But the, kind of, the same kind of goes the other way as well. Like I, I feel that for whatever you want to say about United's attackers against the Spurs back line, I, I feel like you can say the same thing about Spurs attackers against the United back line. And I, I'm going to trust the plus favorites. I'm going to trust United at home against a Spurs team that can be up and down. They were way up last week. Maybe it's time to come down a little bit. I'm going to go with United and, and just lean into the plus favorites on this one. I, yeah, I can't be arsed to go against anything you said right there. I kind of feel like this um this Tottenham team is dumb inconsistent and I've seen them walk out of the gate beat the absolute piss out of somebody and the next week get the absolute piss beat out of them and I don't expect that to fucking change I think this is kind of a Spider-Man meme game because they're both like oh my god it's you me uh because if their front line gets going suddenly their back becomes a little bit better on either side I would argue I honestly think that United are going to be a little bit more up for this. I think the home support at United 
he's going to be up for this. And I don't know if up is the word I'm looking for as a real, real, like, I, real angry English people. I, I deal with them often, and it's a terrifying sight. I feel like that's what Old Trapper is going to be on Saturday. Uh, I agree with the point. I'm surprised it's on a fucking Saturday. That's a, it's a lot. Um, and this line also looks advertising to me, too. I don't trust Spurs. I don't care who they're getting back. I don't care that they just beat the team who I should have predicted them to beat the shit out of last week. I don't know what to expect from them. And even though I don't know what to expect from Manchester United from right now, I expect them to be better than Spurs on any given day. Because on any given day, Spurs can be absolute booty. I'm going with booty. I'm picking Manchester United. I'm going against booty. I'm picking... Y'all get the point. Um, I feel like both of y'all just missed the complete easy choice in this game. Because... At plus 240, having the best odds, like, I'm going to take the draw. Like, I think um, there are enough vulnerabilities in the United backline that Tottenham can, uh, you know, uh, take advantage of. And then United on the other side, like, if you can score against City, like, you can score against other teams. Like, you know, it's realistically that it's pretty easy as that. So I'm going to go with the draw. And... If you do think somebody's going to win, I would parlay that with, like, the over for this game. Because I would think, like, it would be 2-1. And at that point, like, also just go with both teams to score. And just make it a three-leg parlay if you're allowed to do that. Because I don't think Pavada would allow me to do that. All right, moving on to the next one. Chelsea at minus 315, taking on Newcastle at plus 850. Draws at plus 425, over-unders at 25 Reese James is an uncertainty. Um, Lukaku is a liability. So is Mark, Marcus Alonso. And so many things I hear about all of these Chelsea fans, from all of these Chelsea fans. Um, do you think the new Saudi money is about to be like, yo, y'all should have put the club up for sale a little earlier because you could have had this? Or do you think it's a bit too early for Newcastle to do that? Brayden. You could have had... Chris Wood uh, <laughs> solve your <laughs> Lukaku problem. Um, this one's slightly tough for me because I I feel I am not inclined to take Chelsea at minus three fifteen. Like I I just I don't think that that's the right number to take this Chelsea team right now. I know Newcastle are not a great team, but they're playing well right now. I'm tempted I'm tempted to take Newcastle at, at plus eight fifty just because. I, the the odds are right, and you do have a Newcastle team that's playing well. Um, hmm. <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. I'm I'm gonna take Newcastle. Like I I do think that they're playing well enough that they can give them a good game in the same way that um, when Burnley got a draw there, I I think that you can get at this Chelsea teams at times, and they do have um, some liabilities with some guys out. Um, this is probably throwing money away, um, but I think the odds are right to take a chance on a team that's playing pretty good football at the moment. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to argue with that. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to argue with that. Have you listened to the show before, person who's listening to this now? Um, yeah, I'm going to take Newcastle. My thing with Chelsea right now, and I hate to be this fucking guy about it, is at what point does all the outside noise get to the inside. 
Uh, we've seen performances from them that have indicated that maybe they're kind of building around each other and like circling together, but they've also been inconsistent on the season occasionally when they've had their backs up against the ball, they've kind of sometimes fallen flat. Uh, this is a Newcastle team who's just been on a hot streak. They've been on a heater and they are here playing some decent football. And you know what? I'm not going to turn that down. I ain't never liked Chelsea as it is. So I'm like today or not today. Whatever the fuck they play is going to be the day where eventually the outside world kind of gets to Chelsea a little bit too much. That's how I'm going to predict Newcastle's going to win. If anyone else wants to do a better job of it, that's fine. But that's just me. Also, I'm always going to bet on Newcastle. You knew what you were getting. I'm going to take Newcastle. I Lukaku ain't going to do shit, so I don't even know why I'm that word. Uh, I'm taking Chelsea. <laughs> Uh, moving on to the next game, um, Everton at plus 135, taking on Wolves at plus two. What? Okay, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Let me let me confirm that this is, like, actually the line. Fuck this. <laughs> Yo, what? Everton at plus 135, taking on Wolves at plus 220. Draws at plus 225. Overrunners are two. Yo, what the fuck happened to Wolves? Like, that is really my question here. Like, how are Everton the plus favorites in a game like this, Brayden? I mean, I told you when we were talking before, like, we broke them. Like, after after the whole celebration gate and then, like, Lacazette scoring in the 96th minute and Ramsdale, like, celebrating directly in front of Neves, like, the team is a shattered shell of their former selves. Um, can't do anything about it. Um, that, that said, I, I don't actually believe that, like, this is a bad Everton team that I, I can't imagine why they're favorites in this match. I, Wolves are a much better team. I expect them to get, um, back on track here and, uh, yeah, just really brush aside Everton team that I don't think is very good. I, I don't see early on in Lampard. I saw a few things that I thought maybe that. Everton just need to play someone who wants to come and play them a little bit and they'll look a better their style will look better than it does against some of the teams that just bunker but I mean I think you saw in the last match it it just that's not really the case like when Spurs just absolutely took them apart so uh, for me I'm going with Wolves I think this is pretty straightforward which usually means that it's a weird result and I look at it and be like what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? If you had told me at the age of 20 that I'd live to see Frank Lampard sacked as a manager twice, I would have told you I didn't even know he was going to be a manager. Uh, but that day is going to fucking happen because this line is dumb. I don't give a shit who's celebrating whose face. That was hilarious, by the way. Um, it, it, this Wolves team is better than this Everton team. Me by myself with one arm tied behind my back and half a sock is better than this Everton team. I don't, like, fuck, no. No, this line is wrong. I'm not even going to sit here and make a bunch of jokes about it. I I want to, trust me. This Everton team is bollocks. I don't believe that Wolves should have any trouble with them, even if it is at Goodison. I, the thing I'm most interested in is to see how these fans fucking react. Like, this is not good. This team is not good. And I don't give a shit what Frank Lampard did in his first two hours at Chelsea. It ain't fucking happening. Y'all gonna lose. You, you might be relegated. I'm tired of hearing it. I'm sad for you. And I'll probably be miserable when I don't have anyone to make fun of next year aside from Spurs. But fuck it. Wolves are winning. Get the fuck out of here. 
I agree. I I think it's pretty clear Wolves are the better team. And uh, I like myself a plus favorite, but if I didn't pick my own team to be the plus favorite at home, I'm not going to pick this either. Um, moving on to the next game, Leeds at minus 165, taking on Norwich at plus 400. Draw is at plus 310. Over-under is at three. Will, Leeds, and your American boy. Are they going to uh, finally get a win against a pretty terrible Norwich side? Uh, the brand of football that the manager brings to Ellen Road will get the fan excited. It'll get the players excited again. I think the people will be up for it. And I always talk about when the people of Leeds are up for it, it seems like the team is up for it, even though I've said that a bunch of times and they've fallen apart. Not right all the time, guys. It's fine. Uh, but I'm going to be right this time. I think there is a little bit of uh, galvanization. On the team, I I think they're behind Jesse. I think he's he as, as tactically, they should be able to pick this Norris team apart. If his system is similar to be also but different, if they imply that in any way, shape, or form against this Norris team who are playing grandpa ball, it's gonna be it's gonna be fine. Uh, I'm gonna take leads. Uh, I'd hate to chalk it up here, but this Norris team is doomed for the dumpster, and this Leeds team needs a result. They want to believe in their manager. And what better way to do that than to beat a bunch of guys in yellow? So, you fucking lily white bastards, I hope you win one. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, I think that Leeds are a better team overall. I think that even if you didn't make the change at manager here, I, I would still favor Leeds to win this game, As, especially at, at Ellen Road. I, I don't see much from Norwich. I think that they're a team that's mostly accepted their fate and. They'll put in a couple will-they-won't-they they performances that they end up won't <laughs> on, on that side of it. So um, I, I I think this one's Leeds. Yeah, I completely agree, guys. Leeds, definitely the way to go. Back-to-back um, sweeps and games on which way we are betting. So gonna need going to need some disagreements up here, boys. Um, Southampton. At minus 160, taking on Watford at plus 400. Draws at plus 295. Over-unders at two and a half. Braden, Southampton should win this game easily, but do you feel confident in taking them at minus 160? Uh, No, not at all. Uh, Especially the way they got taken apart by Villa. Um, I'm not confident in that at all. I I know that Watford lost to Arsenal, um, but... They played pretty decently at times. Like they were just taken apart by a few very good Arsenal goals. Um, and, and I think Hodgson has his team playing better football overall. Like I, I think you look at a team that has some ability up front in the attack and it's just, they were miserable at the back. And I, I think they're a little bit more organized at the back now. And I think they're better than this plus 400 implies. Does that mean that they will win? I don't know. Um, I'm going to go with a draw in this game. I think Watford will do enough to, to get a point from it, but I, I do think that Southampton will, especially um, at St. Mary's, I think Southampton are going to be a tough beat, even for an improved Watford side. Uh, so I'm going with the draw. I, I had this moment in my head just a couple, couple seconds ago uh, while I was reviewing the Everton match in which I kept thinking to myself, I was like, <laughs> relegation Everton in order for them to get relegated like one of the teams that's at the bottom has to be better and has to win something surprisingly right 
the Southampton team can be found out on occasion. Uh, and speaking of Grandpa Ball, you know what? I'm going to take Super Grandpa Ball and Uncle Roy, and I'm going to go with Watford. I mean, just based on what I've been saying, and this is like for my own edification, at some point, one of the shitty teams has to win one in order for my prognostications to come true. This is going to be the one. Southampton are a solidly mid-table club, but they can get sorted on the day, and Watford need to win. I think Roy gets the boys hype. I think Watford win. Yes, it's my dumbass bet of the week because I sure as shit don't believe it's going to happen. But in order for my dreams to come true, I need Roy Hodgson to do what he's never done for me and come through with a fucking win. If you know, you know. If you don't, don't fucking remind me. John Joe Shelby was the best player on that team. That's pretty much like how McTominay is the best player on our team. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with the draw in this case. I think... I, I think there's just enough quality in Southampton. Like, I re- I really like Broja, Broja, how the fuck you want to say his name. I will one day figure out how to say his name. But I really do enjoy his uh, style of play. And unless Sissoko goes crazy, I don't know how Watford, like, dominate or win a game. Or, like, just win a game in general. Like, Sissoko did go fucking crazy against Man United and they won the game. So, there you go. Um, All right. Having said that, let's move on to the next game. I hated these two fucking jerseys growing up. I still hate these two jerseys, but they are going to have to play each other. And thankfully, one has to wear a jersey that does not match the other one because otherwise, I'd be going fucking nuts. Uh, West Ham at home at plus 120, taking on Villa at plus 240, draws at plus 225, over-unders at two and a half. It seems like a wild line, but realistically, like they are a bit decently apart on the table so well gonna come to you how did it feel watching steven gerrard be the manager while danny ing scored a goal i'm surprised you didn't bring that up see i was just trying to save that for this but yeah it look all right anyone who's listened to the show knows that like those are my two favorite white people outside of my wife so i was having a moment and reliving that moment right now is we're just going to move past it because I don't want to make it weird. Um, first off, to speak to what Sapoon just said, add Burnley for ultimate burgundy s- symmetry. Uh, I West Ham sh- could have gotten a better result against Liverpool. Villa got a hell of a result uh, in their last outing. And I think that's going to carry for Villa. Uh, I don't foresee West Ham losing too many. I do foresee some... Uh, unfortunate draws uh i might see them putting an emphasis in other places uh but i also foresee this villa team coming out and kind of taking it to them and maybe west ham are just a tidbit demoralized not saying that liverpool demoralized them that much because they played a decent game maybe they're just between their ears because they couldn't put one to the back of the net and maybe villa takes advantage of that i like this line i like this villa squad Y'all already know how I feel about Stevie. I'm going to take Villa. I don't think this is a harbinger of like terrible things to come for West Ham, but I think on the day, Villa's going to show up and show out. If if West Ham are losing to Villa, then they're in serious trouble for qualifying for Europe, in in my opinion. like I, I think that, that that's where these two teams are. Like West Ham, I know, have stumbled a little bit recently. 
Um, we can talk about whether they were on the right or wrong side of variance as far as the Liverpool match and how that should have gone. Uh, but I, I think they're still playing decently enough and going up against a Villa team that I think are very up and down and run hot and cold. I think it's a good chance to, to get one at them. So I'm going with the home plus favorites here. I'm going to go with West Ham. I, I do think they're a better team. Um, Villa, Villa are going to be one of these teams that I think can pop up and just like score four goals out of nowhere, kind of like they did. But I don't know they can do it every single week. And I kind of fancy Rice and Suchek to, to do good things um, against that Villa midfield. So I, I'm going to go with West Ham. Uh, I'm going to go with Villa as well in this game, actually. I I personally think that they have to prioritize um, the Europa League. Like, uh, ultimately, the whole point of this season for them has to be to get the Champions League next season. Like, you get... and especially when you get a chance to take on a team like Sevilla. I think Sevilla, like a European powerhouse in terms of the Europa League, like as dominant as anybody, I think, um, since the tournament has come to being. And uh, they are going to go out there and give you a very, very, very tough fight. I know they play early on uh, Thursday, but still going to be hard. And as far as West Ham goes, like without Rice was missing this past weekend, so I don't know if he can actually play Thursday, Sunday. Um, you have Jared Bowen who got hurt. Like, again, do not know what his status is. So, and I think those two are primarily, like, the most influential players in terms of how they play. Uh, I shouldn't say just in terms of how they play, but more so in terms of the impact they can make. R- rather put it that way. Because I think Declan has his special moments, and so does Jared Bowen. And missing out on both of those English boys could really, really hamper West Ham. So I'm going to go with Villa, especially if they play a fucking back three against the system that uh, Jairad's brought to Villa. Like, I think that could be disastrous for uh, West Ham. Because if you don't have Rice to, like, really track back, you're essentially putting Socek and your back three out there to take on, like, Ings, Watkins, Ramsey, and uh, Coutinho. Like that—that's a man-for-man matchup that Coutinho will take every single day of the week. So um, I—I think West Ham has to be cautious. So I would think they will prioritize the Sevilla game. Having said that, crazier things have happened, and after giving you all this analysis, you still have to watch 90 minutes of football. So we'll see what happens. Um, moving on to the next game, Arsenal at home at minus 195, taking on Leicester. At plus 475, draws at plus 360, over-unders at three. I feel like the, this game comes at a perfect time for Arsenal because Leicester just won a game they really shouldn't have. And they are going to feel a little bit better about themselves. And Arsenal's going to come absolutely bit-slap them. And I'm going to take Arsenal at minus 195. Brayden, how are you feeling about Arsenal in this game? 100% with you. Like I, I think that Arsenal are a better team overall than Leicester. I think you're right to say that um, you know Leicester shouldn't have won their last match and maybe carrying a little bit of false momentum into it. And I think you've got an Arsenal squad that are playing very, very good football right now. Like It's not just that they're scoring and getting some lucky wins. It's not just that... Um, uh, yeah, it's not just that they're winning these matches by luck. Like, Arsenal won eight of their last ten. Like, they're one of the informed teams in the Premier League. Like, I know that P- 
people talked about how bad January was for Arsenal and it was mostly in the cups. So like they had two mediocre bat, well, one mediocre and one bad match against Liverpool. And then, you know, the bad match against forest. And, um, outside of that, like they only played two Premier League games in that month. And so I think, after their trip to Dubai, this Arsenal team has come out and played much, much better football overall. Odegaard is back and just really being a force. I I think that Arsenal will handle this one pretty easily. I might be interested in the over three, uh, just because I, I do think this is a lesser team that can score a goal kind of out of nothing. Um and I think this Arsenal squad do have some goals in them, so I, I would be interested in that. Um, but the main thing is I would take Arsenal here. Lots of agreement here today, boys. So sorry if you listen to the podcast for us to beat each other's throats. Because uh, I'm going to take Arsenal too. Uh, I would love to see Leicester play Tottenham right now because they feel Leicester feel the lesser version of Tottenham. Uh, wildly inconsistent. They can come out and bang on you on one day and then just not score the other day. And I think this is Arsenal team that's way too consistent, way too solid. Uh, competent is the word I keep coming to. And it sounds dismissive, but I mean it in the highest way I can. Like, this is a side that can put together a good match against any opposition right now. Uh or put together a decent match against any opposition right now. And I think they put together more than decent against Leicester. I, this Leicester team is wildly inconsistent. Uh, still, try, still trying to sort themselves out two thirds of the way through a season. I just don't see it happening. I'm going to take Arsenal. Like Braden said, they're one of the more informed sides in the league right now. So every week they come up, as long as they keep doing it, I'm going to keep riding this train. Y'all just going to have to give me some better odds so I can make some money. See what I'm saying? I don't know why that voice happened right there, but it's fine. Yeah, it it should be an entertaining game to watch for Arsenal fans. Uh, Moving on to the last game of the weekend, Crystal Palace at home at plus 850, taking on Man City. Minus 325 draws at plus 425. Overrunners at three. Will, is the tile race going to only get more interesting with this game because Crystal Palace do have a history of coming up with shit and Patrick Vieira former associate manager of Manchester City by the way of NYCFC um, do you think will have some grudge for not being considered to you know be there instead of Pat? I <laughs> I like desperately want him to like show up and be like i like just capitulate like i i can't let the owners down they 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 paid me too well uh i don't want to pick city like i'm just like just blunt i don't want to pick city it feels a bit like city's gonna win this like they're gonna walk into selhurst park and like palace is gonna try for the first 20 minutes and then city's just gonna steamroll them i can see it happening but I said the comedy is back this week. I said the bitch was back. And the bit is I can't bet on City because I'm trying to fucking get a title. If this pays out, I'll be the happiest man with fucking fake money in all of Georgia. But I'm going to take Palace. I cannot give you any good reason. I'm sure that the I'm sure they can try. I'm sure Braden and Spoon will try to justify what I'm doing. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. This is me betting from the heart. I just want Palace to win. I don't. 
I don't, I don't even really like powers like that, but it's a city. And like, I, I'm not even gonna give you tactical analysis. I'm not even gonna make it long. I'm picking Palace because why the fuck would I pick City? I'm here to win money and I'm here to watch my team do well. Both of those things are impacted by me picking City. Fuck that shit. Up the fucking glass houses. I I mean, well, I'm sure plenty of people in Georgia have Dogecoin, so you won't be the richest person with fake money in Georgia. <laughs> um, I. I'm tempted to go down that route just because of the odds. I, I do think that if you buy into the concept of a trap game, like this is probably it for City. You have a big emotional win against uh, your rival in Manchester United. You're riding on a fly. Then you come and play uh, You come and play Palace. Um, you could make an argument that they got past that with their nil-nil draw that saw them continue on in the Champions League. I... I can't really get there though. Like I think that, you know, Palace is where Liverpool titles go to die. So you got to take City here, right? I'm gonna cover my face with a shirt like Suarez. <laughs> Damn. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go with uh, Palace in this game actually. Um, not because of anything else, but be- just because I think, as Braden said, letdown game, perfect spot for that. And I think this is a Monday night game, if I'm not wrong. Let me confirm that really, really quick. Yes, it is a Monday night game. And Palace at that, like, when you play them in night games, like, Sellers Park is a tough-ass place to go. Like, as all the references to Chris Tumble's already been made. So, like, I, I think City might have trouble. And on top of that, like, if you really want to show Chelsea like what you're made of, like Connor, like this is the game for Conor Gallagher to show show something in the midfield and be like, hey, like you remember like how you guys let that boy go from your club when he was young because he wasn't good enough. Like, don't make the same mistake with me. So I think there are a lot of uh, subplots. I heard the best line that I will from uh, the Real Madrid game today, but I will use that some other time. Will, what's up? Uh, you said nighttime, Selhurst Park on a Monday. It was a Monday that the the Liverpool match, like, there is just a tidbit of suspicion in me that's like, if there's going to be some sort of capitulation, Monday night at Selhurst Park just got a real good fucking ring to it. I, I mean, you're, you're selling me more on my own bet because I wasn't sold on it, but like, hey, I'm here for it. Uh, fucking Manic Monday, dude. Let's go. I mean, we shall see how this works out. But we shall keep tabs on every single game this weekend. It should be a fun weekend. Those were our bets for each of the games. We are going to be back with our team parlays. Cheers. What is up, guys? We are back. We are indeed going to do only the team parlays. Um, sorry there. I forgot for a second that we did not do player parlays. Um, all right. To get started, Will, I'm going to throw it to you. What is up on your plate this weekend? We got the team parlays. I I have really been just like doing all the same thing for the past couple weeks. So I tried to spice it up a little bit and I took four different things. Uh, I got Liverpool getting a shutout. Uh, that is at plus 165. I got Newcastle at over one and a half goals. 
That's at plus 450. I have the uh, result of the uh, Manchester United game starting out as the draw with United winning. That is at plus 425. And I have the entire over under for Aston Villa over three. That's at plus 150. If you put all four of those together and you bet $100, you could get $19,029.69. Nice. All right, so for me, mine is a little more conservative, realistic, however you want to put it. Um, realistic is fine. Yeah. Uh, so for me, I've got Leeds and Norwich at the over three. I think Leeds are um, creating a little bit more. I think that they are still a little bit leaky at the back. Um, I don't know. Maybe Josh Sargent does weird things again like he did that one game and scores a goal. Who knows? Uh, it, it's it's a whole America thing in this game. Um <laughs> I've got Arsenal Leicester at over three goals. Um, I kind of like I mentioned. I like the, I I like Leicester to score a goal in this game, and I also um, like the offensive output that Arsenal have going on right now. Um, I I think this is a, got a good shot to go over. I I also wouldn't have a problem if you want to take the both teams to score. I think that's a pretty decent bet here for this one as well. Um, and I've got Palace at plus uh, one and a half. I wrote over here, but it's actually the spread. Um, so we we talked about this as uh, City maybe having a letdown game. I think it's a good spot for it, and it's a way to do it without having to um, Palace to get a draw or win. I, I think that Palace might be good enough to just lose by a goal, and that would see this cash out. Um, so you put those two together. 100 pod bucks turns into 781 pod bucks and you have a decent little weekend no that that is a good shot break i might yeah. put some money on that as yeah. well um for me i'm gonna go with four overs man united spurs at 2.75 chelsea newcastle at 2.75 arsenal leicester at three and then palace city at three as well those are my picks for the team parlay that brings us to an end of uh, this week's podcast we are going to be back next week a lot of games coming real quick before the final international break which should be very very entertaining as well because you know finally some world cup qualifiers that really means eu either you're in or you're out like there isn't a whole lot of conversation left anymore for group stages and shit so some a lot of football coming your way real quick and we will be covering most of it at the football academy so see you guys next week cheers do a lipa holla at your boy <laughs>